All right, we are back. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. And standing by to join me is Amy Collins. She's president of New Shelves Books. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. How are you? Fantastic. I'm excited uh, you had the time to call into the show. I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you about what it is you do. But first, uh, have you always been interested in writing and all kinds of things related to the publishing industry? For more than half my life, yes. I uh, I've been, I got into publishing by accident about 30 years ago. By accident? I was in my early, yeah, I was in my early 20s. I was a musician, and I needed some money for Christmas gifts, because I don't know if you've ever met any musicians, but they don't make a lot of money. (laughs) No, I know. (laughs) I got a part-time job in a bookstore, and a year or two later, I was their book buyer, and it it grew. It became a 16-store chain all over the Northeast, and I bought books for many years, and then eventually I became a sales rep and a sales director and a sales distributor. Wow. It started by accident, but I'm afraid it's been it's pretty much been my whole career since I was young. Amazing. Well, by the way, what, um, what were you playing musically? Were you singing, playing an instrument? What were you doing? Uh, well, I, on the weekends now, I, I do play guitar and bass, and I sing. Nice. Uh, I'm a, uh, I do Celtic blues on the weekends, but back then, many years ago, I was a classically trained opera singer. Amazing. Wow. That, yeah, but honest to goodness, no way to make a living back then. Maybe it's different now, but back then it was tough. <laughs> I can imagine. So it sounds like you developed this love of books, which took off into a career. And tell the listeners about what you do now. What I do today is mainly I educate. Maybe it's my love of being on stage or the fact that I'm just really fond of the sound of my own voice. So whether I'm singing or talking, apparently I like to be the one making all the noise. A big chunk of what I do today is on webinars and online, and I I write, I write books, I write articles for many different organizations, and I, I travel around the world teaching on stages, trying to convince authors that it's not enough to just write their book. Successful authors don't just give birth to a good book, they actually raise a good book, and that raising a book takes some business skills. And if you don't have the skills, it at least takes some practice. There are some things that you have to do to become a successful author. And I'm fine if if you just want to be a writer, but if you want to be an author, especially a successful author, that's what I do for a living. I try and teach people how to do it. So tell me a few things people should be doing. Well, one of the things that I hear the most from authors is, I don't want to promote, I just want to write. Or I hear them say, Ooh, I don't want to be all salesy. I don't want to sell myself. It's just icky. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And the third, and my favorite, is I hate social media. I hate being online. I'm not going to, I can't. And I'm afraid those are three things you need to do to be successful. Everyone did. Mark Twain did. Shakespeare did. You do. Sorry. Right. Okay, good. Shakespeare was not on social <laughs> media, but other than that. You know, and and I'm thinking to myself, I know people get uncomfortable, but this is the way the world is now. And if you write a book and no one knows about it, they're not going to read it. The truth is, Janine, it's the way the world's always been. There's this this weird image in authors' minds that back in 1964, a New York house would swoop up an author and, and put them in an apartment and take care of them and travel, you know, fly them around the country and take care of everything for them. That never happened. Mm-hmm. It is a myth. It, that was not how it was. Okay, granted, Stephen King gets taken care of very beautifully. 
But there are tens of thousands of books that Stephen King didn't write that come out every year by top publishers, and and the authors still need to do the work themselves. You also provide information about how people can market to libraries, am I right? Yes, yeah, a big chunk of my background is selling, is distribution and sales. I, I, I sell books and have for two decades been selling books to major chains like Michael's Arts and Crafts and Costco and Target and Walmart. The big bookstore chains, Barnes & Noble and Books A Million are the big ones now. There's a couple of other regional ones like Deseret and the like. Mm-hmm. And libraries, I'm a big fan of libraries. The library market has been exploding the last few years. And a lot of people know about Amazon, and they know about Barnes & Noble, but they don't think about 800 CEO reads. They don't think about libraries. They don't think about ProQuest. They don't think about subscription series. They don't think about apps like Hooked. And so my job is to remind authors that there's more out there than Barnes & Noble and Amazon. That Barnes & Noble and Amazon, if you add it up, that's only about half the market. The other half of the market is still waiting for you. What is ProQuest, by the way? ProQuest is the largest subscription service that services the library market. ProQuest is a fantastic, or mainly geared towards nonfiction writers, I'll be honest with you. Not a lot of romance writers are going to have a lot of use for ProQuest. But if you are a nonfiction or an academic or a corporate, if you're a business guy or a self-help author, and I don't mean to be sexist, business person, Mm -hmm. my, my, my apologies, then ProQuest is a terrific place to get your content. Your copyrighted materials can be uploaded to ProQuest, and they will allow libraries, and libraries do a lot of subscriptions, and they, they download a lot of white papers and a lot of content, and they will pay the author every time someone downloads their words and their work. Wow. I, I had no idea. Do you know that, and you probably do, but I, for those of you who are listening, the audiobook market is now just over 23% of the publishing industry's income this year. I had and no a lot of, oh yeah, but a lot of it's driven by libraries. Libraries, oh. which just three years ago only dedicated 11% of their budget. Libraries, the U.S. library market alone is a $2.8 billion industry. And that's with a B. And it used to be that only 11% of that, I say only, only 11% of that went to audiobooks, but now it's over 20%. And this is directly from the American Library Association materials survey that comes out every year. You don't have to take my word for it. Go Google it or, or go to my website, newshelf.com. I actually have all of this uh, uh, straighted out there directly from the studies. I was checking out your website. There's a lot of great information on there. I love the library market, and I love when authors you know, use the library market because so many new readers, especially millennials. Yes. U.S. Census data put a, a, several questions into their last census because they don't just do things, you know, the U.S. Census doesn't just do it 10 years. They're polling all the time on different things about our business and about our exports. And they found out that over 70% of the millennials out there right now have been in a library or on a library's website in the last month. Interesting. You must love what you do. I do. I do. So much so that I'm doing all the talking. I'm going to shut up and let you no, ask no. questions now. Um, I was really intrigued by your website because there's a lot of great info on there. So uh, what you do, is it mostly for people that are self-published or do people come to you that also have publishing deals? It's, 
It's half and half. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do a lot of consulting and we do a lot of marketing work for traditionally published authors. I have authors that are published by St. Martin's and, and Tor and some of the big houses. Mm-hmm. I also do a lot of, of planning and consulting for authors who want to start their own publishing enterprises. I'm, I'm a huge fan when I hear that an author wants to actually start their own publishing company. And, and yes, they are. They're going to be their first author, but maybe yeah. not their only author eventually. Right. So I do a lot of work with them. But we do, we do Amazon ads and we do a lot of social media work and we do a lot of marketing and review work, but especially for authors who have a publishing deal. Mm-hmm. But if you are self-published, especially if you're self-published through a hybrid or a vanity press, and it, it may cost tens of thousands of dollars to get your book published and marketed, if you want to learn to do it yourself and save some of that money, you can exchange your time for money. You can actually, in half an hour a day or so, do a lot to move your book ahead. I will happily teach you how to do it yourself so you don't have to pay someone to do it. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I feel like you fill in a lot of gaps for authors, especially first-time authors. If they've got questions, there's so many wonderful places they can go. There's the Alliance of Independent Authors, A-L-L-I. I I love them. There's there's Independent Book Publishers Association, IBPA-Online.org. Fantastic organization. There's the bookdesigner.com. There's Ingram Spark has an amazingly powerful, very educational blog. And there's a number of places that authors can go and educate themselves. But what I try and do is I try to pull all of that information together every week. And I, I, I pull together a weekly newsletter where I try and get all the best articles into one newsletter every week. I try and pull all of the advice together and and I'm members of all those organizations. I go and speak on their stages. They come and talk on my blog mm-hmm. and on my podcast. And I love that. it's it's such an amazing time right now. It's just it's it's a glorious time for self publishing. It's so interesting. Do people also come to you and say, "Hey, how do you get on the radio? And how do I market myself? You know, to podcasts and things like that." They do. And the truth is. That's not my experience, I, but I know wonderful people who can help them, and I can introduce them. I have a, uh, some partners and some, not even partners, but just people I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandy Beck, Sandra Beckwith at buildbookbuzz.com is a fantastic journalist and freelance writer who is helping people get into blogs and to get their written word out there. But if you want radio and podcasts, I know tons of other people that are fabulous at that as well. Um, and so I have a, a page on my site called People We Like, and if anyone wants, you know, to, to kind of poke around and, and get free advice on where they should go if they're interested in publicity, which I'm not, like, I'm not a publicist. I don't really, I can't help get you on Ellen. I'd be awful at that. <laughs> you don't want me proofreading your book or pitching you to Ellen. Those are two things I would fail at miserably, but I know other people who could do it great. And uh, I want to give out your website one more time. It's newshelves.com. And we've been speaking with Amy Collins, who's president of New Shelves Books. Any advice for people who, you know, they're hesitant? Again, they don't like to be salesy. They're uncomfortable. Well, I had a life-changing conversation a couple years ago. Um, I didn't want to be pushy. I'm 
I'm from New England. We're very, you know, we don't say nice things about ourselves. We sit quiet. We say awful things about ourselves, hopefully that other people will disagree with us. That's about, that's the most we'll do. Mm-hmm. And I was in a, in a hotel lobby, and I turned to a gentleman who was very used car salesman, I thought. I thought he was very pushy. Ugh. And I was completely <laughs> turned off. And yes, yeah, yeah. well, the man changed my life. Really? Because I said to him, I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to be pushy. And he looked at me, and he sniffed, and he said, huh, I don't want to be brokey, he said. Oh, interesting. And I thought about it, and I thought, you know, there's a way. And he was right. He's brilliant. And he's a friend to this day. He and I are very good friends. We're, I'm, you know, we're not the same people. But here's my, you asked for my one bit of advice. Yeah. There is a huge difference between promoting and attracting. You can attract readers without promoting yourself. You can offer yourself and your book to agents or publishers or readers or bloggers or radio hosts or podcasters. You can offer yourself without selling yourself. I like that. There is such a difference in your tone and your attitude. But I will tell you this, and, and I, will, I will go to the mattresses on this. If you do not offer yourself to somebody every day, you are not doing your job as an author. That is your job. It is not enough to just write. You have to offer yourself to reviewers every day or offer yourself to radio or podcasters. You have to make the offer every day or you are failing at your job. You are not living up to your end of the bargain. Yes, I love that. You know, the other thing I've been hearing lately, which holds true for me, is focus on your story, not so much you know, your sales message. And I feel like if you can tell a story about what it is you do or how you got to where you are, that is more relatable. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and everyone has to show a genuine connection to their own personality. You will not, you will not go very far being insincere. Just be yourself. Exactly. Tell your own story. Right. But here, and here's one last thing, though, I do want to offer. I go to dozens of conferences a year. I sit on the phone with dozens of authors every week. I am begging you guys, if you need the sound of my voice, when someone asks you about you or your book, keep the answers incredibly short. Please, yeah. please, 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 please. Do not go on and on and on about your book. That's not what people ask. They simply asked what it was about. 30 seconds, right. tops. Wait for someone to say, tell me more. I want to share something with you. I started this show, Get the Funk Out, in 2011 because I lost a friend of mine, and I was in my own funk. And I started oh. thinking, well, of course, you lose a friend, you lose a parent, you know, we all go through this. And I thought, this is a very relatable feeling that I'm feeling, and we all go through these personal and professional funks. You know, how can I help myself and maybe help other people? So I started this show, and I kept hearing these themes emerge about what people were doing to take care of themselves or what amazing new chapters opened up because they went through something that they faced. They didn't ignore it. They went right through the pain, and something amazing happened. So, Amy, this became my story and my backstory. And, um, and So you were of service. You started this to be of help. Right, right. Yeah. And then I turned back into writing because I've always loved to write, but I hadn't been doing much of it. But the point is, you know, everybody feels, everybody goes through something. And it's what, what do we learn about that experience? Yeah. 
It is true, but I, what I loved about what you just said is you did this because you were trying to be helpful to someone else, mm-hmm. and in the end, it ended up helping you. Right, right. The same thing is true with, with book marketing. If the authors could say to themselves, I'm not being pushy or salesy, I'm simply being helpful to potential readers, yeah. how, how cool is that? Right. And I, I like also what you said is like don't drone on about your book because um, I think as an author or anybody going out there and trying to push whatever it is they do, if you if you come across as obviously desperate or too pushy or, you know, too blabby, it's it's a turnoff. Yeah. And not everyone's going to love everyone. There's a reason right. why there's 10 different flavors of ice cream. Not I'm not, trust me, I am not a lot of people's cup of tea. But people who like a particular a particular tone, mm-hmm. they'll be drawn to me. Other people are drawn to Jane Friedman and John Kramer, and that's why. Because and that same thing is going to be true for your radio show and for your podcast. It right. will be true for other people's books. Mm-hmm. It's n- if somebody doesn't love your book, it's not a reflection on you. It's a reflection on whether or not it's a good fit. Yes. And don't, so don't take, worry about it. Right, don't take it personally and stop writing. <laughs> because that happens. Absolutely. That's something I would do. I'd be like, oh, well, no one's going to want this because this one person said this, which is dumb. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with? Just that if you're out there right now and you're writing, please, please, please take a few minutes every day. And, and I call it getting fresh water into the, into the pond. Read something about the industry. Uh, subscribe to a newsletter or two. It doesn't have to be mine. It could be anyone. Publishers Weekly is awesome. Um, there's uh, Book Insiders. There's some great, you know, again, IBPA, uh, Independent Book Publishers Association, although I'm a big fan of my newsletter. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but educate yourself for a few minutes every day with what's going on in your industry because having, just having um, a love of writing is, amazing and that is art but there's also the craft side of it and to truly become a craftsman i'm afraid you need to acquaint yourself with other craftsmen and you we don't and you know other authors and the industry they're not your competition they're your community so i guess the last thing i would say is join in the community Uh, we're all out here we'd love to meet you join us Fantastic. Amy Collins, thank you so much. She's president of New Shelves Books. And if they visit, it's newshelves.com or newshelvesbooks.com? Yes, newshelves.com. New, not old. Shelves, what you put books on, dot com. Perfect. Thank you so much for calling the show. It's been great. Oh, thank you. Big fan. Oh, thanks. And I'd love to have you back on again because this has been great advice for you know people that are writers or aspiring writers. So thank you. Well, we will talk very soon because I want to check out more about your writing, and I'm about to do that now. Thank you. All right. Have a great day, Amy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Again, that was Amy Collins calling in, president of New Shelves Books. Uh, Lots of great info on her her, uh, website. Uh, what what she does exactly, book sales and marketing help. Um, There's some videos on there, and uh, there's a blog. There's a conference coming up. Uh, The Writer's Digest annual conference is coming up in August in New York City. So uh, that's a wrap for me. We're going to leave you with some music from Zeparella. But if you want to find out about being a guest on the show, 
All you want to do is uh, send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, that's the hard part, J-A-N-E-A-N-E at KUCI.org, and uh, tell me what it is you do, uh, what you'd like to talk about on the show. Again, this is Get the Funk Out, and I love hearing stories about personal and professional funks people went through and what they learned. I call it the upside of grief or the upside of whatever it is they struggled with. And uh, let's see, up next, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues is standing by. But again, I'm going to leave you with some Zepparella. And this is uh, Cashmere. I love this guitar song. So have a great Monday, everybody. And I will be back next week. If you missed any part of this, everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.